This is Haunts Up. I'm Animesh. And I'm Peter. And apologies if you can hear a lot of ambient noise because we're clearly in places which aren't conducive to recording at the moment. Yeah. But with that out of the way, let's get on with the episode. Today, we are talking to Rivers of Nihil, an American tech that band from Pennsylvania who have a new record coming out called The Work, which releases September 24th. That's next week. Peter, why are we talking to them? So three years ago, uh, Rivers of Nihil released an album called Where Owls Know My Name. And while I was a little late to the party on that album, I was really impressed with how, you know, they kind of reinvented the whole thought of tech then. I mean, they introduced a saxophone into their music, which is kind of unheard of in that space. But what I've also then started doing is listening to their other albums. And I noticed a progression on each album, how they continuously kind of push the envelope and kind of redefine their sound. So when they announced the work, I was like, we definitely had to get them on the pod and get to know more about the album and what they're doing this time. So let's get into that conversation then. Here is Brody Atli, who's on lead guitar and does a ton of other things for the band, including programming as well as recording the entire thing himself. Hi, Brody. Welcome to Horns Up. Thanks for having me. You know, we're here to talk about your upcoming album, The Work. You know, how does it feel now that the album is releasing? Because I was reading up on what you said about the album and you said that the amount of work you've described as obscene. So how does it feel that now it's finally being released? Uh, it's it's weird, you know, because uh, we've had these songs in the works for, you know, a year and a half or whatever. And I, I've been listening to this music, you know, on my own for so long and thinking about different ways to tweak it and improve it and you know what kind of video will go with this and what kind of you know visuals will go with this and whatever uh and now that it's finally happening it's almost like yeah it's i don't believe it but i'm glad that it's happening because we've we the album has been recorded since november of last year so it's been a while um but uh yeah it feels great to have it you know finally coming out Sticking to that, I mean, I'm guessing like the pandemic and the lockdowns kind of had an impact on it. But were there any other factors that really affected the work? We did sort of push things back just a little bit uh, because of the lockdowns and, and the pandemic and everything. I think originally we were going to record in June and we ended up recording in November. We were all separated, of course, uh, on this on this one more than we normally were. Our bass player, Adam, who, you know, is my main writing partner in the band, uh, he moved to a different state, uh, whereas he used to live right up the street from me. So we could kind of get together whenever we wanted. He moved to another state. So it made it a little bit more difficult, uh, you know, with COVID and everything uh, to get together and like write things like we normally would. So there was a lot of this kind of thing, you know, video chats where we would be, you know, showing each other, you know, how to play stuff, or I would be sending him clips of songs. And what do you think of this? You like that? Is that bad? Does this suck? You know? Um, so there was a lot of like back and forth um, between all of us in the band uh, about stuff this time, because we weren't able to like get together, you know, um, you know, and practice or anything the way we normally would. So um it ended up being a lot more work because of that. 
I ended up doing way more, you know, this time at my home studio than I, than I had on previous releases, just because we had all, you know, nothing else to do. So why not just like invest all that time into making the biggest possible, you know, record we could possibly try to make. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a different experience, uh, this time for sure, because of, you know, the current state of the world. I wouldn't say that it was a, a negative thing. I think if anything, it kind of, it, it, it facilitated the energy of this record. I mean, it's a record about winter, you know, and with winter, you kind of think about, you know, isolation and, you know, um, being indoors and just kind of like uh, not seeing a lot of people maybe. So like, it really kind of like, um, you know, fueled the creativity in a lot of ways, the kind of inability to, to see one another the way we normally would have. We were just going to ask you, and that was going to be our next question as to whether uh, the work would be about winter considering the seasonal or the reoccurring seasonal aspect of, or the theme as such. So what happens next then, considering at the moment, all the four seasons are pretty much through? Uh, well, I'm not, you know, I can't really say uh, for sure because this project was such a big one for us um, that we're still very much, you know, on this album and, you know, still kind of working on the, the release for this one. So we haven't really discussed what happens next. Um, our, our bass player, Adam, is kind of the conceptual uh, guy with, in the band with, you know, he's, the seasonal idea was, was his. So um, he, he, he usually is the guy that kind of, you know, brings up like a, a seed for an idea that turns into a, an album. So we're, we're just going to have to wait and see a lot of what we do as a band is kind of inspired by, um, you know, us going out um, and playing our music to live audiences, you know, um, and being able to like, kind of like interact with a room and just see how people kind of like respond to our music and, and whatnot. I think a lot of, yeah, I think a lot of our, um, our energy comes from that. So I think that, uh, you know, I think that we're just going to have to wait and see how, how things go. Um, can't really say for sure what's next, but you know, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Cool. So let's uh, talk a little bit more about the production and the fact that you spent so much of your time at your home studio, make, uh, getting these songs and this album to take life. I'd like to know what your process is like. I mean, can you kind of describe your quest for perfection at the home studio itself and really having this much more time uh, and the fact that you were pretty much doing it solo, uh, did it really make you spend a lot more time than necessary or was it a boon in another way? Well, I mean, gen generally how I do it um, is, you know, it, it, it's really just me sitting in front of my recording setup and uh you know whether it comes from a guitar line that i'm you know a, a simple melody is, is usually what it is it's a very simple you know i'll put on like some you know really echoey guitar sounds you know some big spacious guitar sound and i'll just kind of like search for melodies and uh if i catch anything that i find inspiring then you know i'll record it um, and then I'll kind of build stuff around it. You know, I'll bring in some, you know, percussion uh, and then, you know, maybe uh, like a 
you know, a bass line or, you know, a guitar line on top of this, you know, melody. Um, and then I just, that that's kind of how I build songs. Um, I'll take one very small, you know, idea, whether it's a rhythm or a melody, um, and I'll just kind of like build, you know, I'll build sections out of, out of these little seeds. And, uh, you know, by making each section, you know, as, you know, good as I can possibly make it, that's what kind of inspires me to write more of the song, right? So like oftentimes I'll, I'll write like the beginning of a song and I will make, I'll add all the layers of instrumentation that I want to add, um, all the different sounds I want to add just for that section. And if I make that section sound as good as I can possibly make it sound, you know, it inspires me to make the next thing, I guess, right? It's kind of like a, a snowball effect, right? So that's usually how I write music, how I, how I come up with songs, um, you know, or if, if, you know, me and another member are collaborating, like I know, for example, the second song on this new record, uh, our bassist Adam and I kind of wrote that one together and he sent me a, a phone recording of him kind of humming out this riff and I just, you know, interpreted it based on what he had sent me on the the voice recording um, and then built a big section around it and kind of, you know, wrote each section of the song based on what I had already come up with. Um, as far as um, the, you know, having more time this time, uh, you know, in the, at, at the studio here, um, you know, I, I think it just kind of, um, whereas before when we would do records, I would, you know, we would, I would write music, we would go to the studio, we would record it, it would get mastered, and then it would come out, and then we would go on tour. But this time, um, we recorded it, and then we spent like five months mixing it because we didn't really have any deadlines, you know, and during that time, um, I was able to kind of listen to the album, you know, even though it was technically done, and think like, oh, well, what else could I do to this to like, you know, add kind of just a finishing layer of like polish, like the final layer of, of stuff that I could put on this to make it just like that 1% bigger sounding. So um, I think having the time um, was actually a positive thing because I ended up adding a whole bunch of stuff after we recorded the album. Um, I ended up adding a lot of different field recordings that I had taken um, and, uh, and a few other things, but um, these field recordings that, turned out to be one of my favorite parts of this new album because all of the recordings that ended up on the record um, are sounds from uh, basically like the area in which uh, we live. So it's like a kind of a, a deeply personal final touch that we added to the record. And had, had I not, you know, had all that time, I don't think I would have done that. I think uh, that part of the record would have not made it onto the record. On an extremely lighter note, uh, <laughs> how many yeah. versions of the mix did you guys go through considering you had so much time on it yeah and, like five months yeah five months yeah <laughs> yeah well, I, I mean it was a number it, version number like what 62 or something of that <laughs> i mean maybe i mean no not 62 but uh you know and when i say five months like we weren't every day mixing of like course, I, live, yeah, yeah. I live very, yeah yeah i live very close to uh the studio the other studio that we went to um about a half an hour so me and carson the 
the engineer um, there, we would get together like, you know, once a week and, uh, and just like, I would bring a bunch of files, you know, new things that I had added and we would kind of like blend it into the, to the records. So um, yeah, I mean, I think from the time that we, you know, in November when the rest of the band went home, until the actual final version of the album was done. I mean, we probably went through 10 or 15 versions, right? Just not that different from one another, but just with like little tweaks, you know, um, because there, there is so much going on on this new record that we had to kind of like balance everything in like a certain way so that like nothing was like swallowing everything else, you know? The, the, the first mix we had was like, almost what you're hearing now it's just little tiny things and you know various different layers that we added on top of that that made it you know have to go through several versions but uh carson and i um are you know we're old good friends so like he was never i never felt like he was annoyed when i would be like oh i want to can we i want to do this you know and, you know he was always very yeah let's do it you know so i think having him you know, just supporting me, I guess, my, my insane, uh, you know, needs for this record. Uh, I think that was another underrated part of the process was just his, uh, his patience with me and his willingness to kind of like work with me on, on, on the, on the final touches that we put on this record. Awesome. Um, just as a final follow-up for, to this, to wrap this particular section up, I have to ask you, was there any point in time where you were absolutely, and that tends to happen in the creative process where you just don't like what you've produced and then eventually you take a break and come back and listen to it and go like, hey man, this is actually pretty good. Yeah, um, I mean, there are definitely, you know, there were songs that when we went into the studio, uh, you know, I was, I was certain that like this song is going to be my least favorite. Right. But it wasn't until, you know, um, cause I had only, I, I write, I, I just handle the music. I don't do anything with vocals. Um, so I think having, you know, gi giving the music to the other, you know, to the other guys to kind of like add their touches to it, um, were you know that was like a big kind of refresher for me because you know like I said I was here in this room by myself for most of you know last year and I was listening to the same songs you know playing the same stuff for that whole time so yeah yeah of course like you know I got burned out on it um but I think the the major like boost in confidence and restored faith in the project was achieved um through letting go of it really and kind of just like I did everything that I had to do and then I handed it off to the other guys and and the you know the producers as well um I think other people kind of like reacting and to what I had done um and like you know changing it to their you know changing it a little bit to like you know their their uh specifications and adding their personal touches to it that was what like um kind of like boosted my confidence in the whole project. If I had, you know, if I, if I was beginning to feel uh, down on any of the material, once I heard everyone else in my band, you know, put their, you know, their spin on it. Um, that's what like kind of made it, you know, fresh again for me. Thanks for uh, answering that. Shifting towards uh, the music, right? I mean, I'm just going to quote you from a previous interview where you said 
constantly relying on the familiar formula may work for some bands but it doesn't work for us music is an art and art is ever changing without change there's no progress and without progress the very fire that powers art and expression will die so which get, brings me to my question what's new for the listener on this album i mean i'm sure when the album was announced everyone was like are there going to be saxophone and the parts on this album also so yeah what's new other than the, or what you've already told us the field recordings you know on our last album a lot of people you know were shocked by how different that record was from our second record um and if i could make a comparison like i would say that this new record is 10 times different from where i'll know my name than where i'll know my name was from our second record right um you know this this new record um it's a real kind of like mood energy vibe kind of based record as opposed to like um technicality or granted there are you know heavy technical intense moments on the record of course but i think there's you know on this record we have you know these big open cavernous sections that just like it almost sounds like you're stepping into a into a place as opposed to just listening to a record you know you're just kind of surrounded by sounds um and i think just the sheer size of this album as far as like all of the elements that make the the sound that you're hearing it's just so there's so much more you know going on in this kind of like world um of the work i guess than there was on on where i'll know my name and a much greater emphasis on creating space as opposed to coming up with ways to fill space if that makes sense um we we wanted to take care and and make sure that like we weren't overplaying when when it wasn't necessary um you know there's uh there's there is you know this isn't like breaking news or anything it's you know it's in our bio that metal blade released but there is saxophone on this record um but it's much different you know it's uh as opposed to just like a solo instrument uh we we kind of like painted it in as like just another you know a sh- another shade in the painting of of the record like it's um a lot of times it's like you you're hearing it and it's like oh am i even hearing the saxophone or is that like is it, it kind of just weaves in and out um and that was very intentional because we were aware of the fact that people have come to associate us with uh the saxophone and we wanted to make sure that we weren't painting ourselves into a corner with that um so we wanted to still include it but kind of take a different approach to it um we instead of really planning out these sax solos like we did on where I'll know my name um we basically just brought Zach Strauss in who played sax on Owls we brought him into the studio and just rolled the album and he kind of just like reacted to it in real time and we just like took our favorite moments from that and that's what ended up on the record so a lot of the sax on this record is more um it's just more of like a another color in the painting like i said um as opposed to a featured lead instrument granted there is i think there's one song on the record where there is like a big epic you know sax moment um but for the most part it's more of this like kind of like haunting sort of you know texture that just sort of like enhances the mood of the album um you know we've got a lot of different instruments on this record that you know weren't on any previous ones we have some some orchestral stuff that was you know 
not part of any of our previous releases. We have a, a lot of synthesizers, a lot, we have a theremin on this record. Um, you know, there's uh, a song that's almost entirely acoustic, which is a new thing for us. Um, we have a lot of piano on this record, um, which is something that, you know, I've been wanting to include on a, on a Rivers album for a long time. Uh, you know, piano is like one of my favorite instruments. Uh, actually, that was like my first instrument that I took lessons on was piano. Um, oh, nice. So, yeah. 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 So it's just, um, you know, it's it's really like uh, this record is is very different because I don't think that we put any limitations on what we included on the final record. Like these songs that ended up on the album, uh, it's literally everything that we wrote during the time during which this album was being worked on. Like I, there's not one thing on this record that like, you know, like I didn't throw anything out. Like this is just like, here's a snapshot into where we were at during this time. You know, maybe it doesn't, maybe it sounds, you know, unlike anything we've ever done before. Maybe it sounds like something that wouldn't even be on a, on a death metal record, but like, we're going to put it on there because we want people to know like where we were at for better or worse, you know? Um, so I know I'm kind of going on here, but there's um, it, it's vastly different than Al's like, um, in a, in a positive way, I think it's, I think Owls was the best version of that sound that we could possibly do. So, you know, we didn't want to try to do better than that. We just wanted to do something, you know, on a different Island, really, you know, like if where Owls know my name is on this Island, we're way over here on this other Island. Now it's just, it's just different, very different kind of project, you know, not better or worse. I mean, that's up to the listeners. It's different in a lot of ways. You know, if you just want to get down to the instruments, a lot of different instruments on this one. Um, but we just, uh, you know, we tried a lot of new stuff, you know, there's just, there's a lot too much to talk about really. But, um, you know, from the first moment, you know, on the first song on this record, it's clear that like, this yeah. is a new record for us. You know, it's a new, a new uh, adventure, I guess. Yeah. And I think that's just the entire way you'll have sequenced the album, which I think is a lost art, really. Like nobody yeah. really sequences it. And I, th- I really love how it kind of plays out with like the tower, the start, and then like song eight, the tower two. So you're like, okay, yeah. what's happening here? Right. Mm-hmm. And that kind of yeah. sets it. But uh, I want to come back uh, to talking about the work still, right? In the previous interview, you've said that it's a commentary on the contemporary state of the music industry. Uh, If you could just kind of tell us what did you mean by that? I mean, what are your thoughts on the current dependency of like the metal scene or just music in general on digital and streaming platforms? I can't really think specifically what it was that I was speaking in reference to on that quote but um you know i could i could say that um i think that's something that we do as a band um that is sort of becoming like a lost art form i guess is what we were just talking about is kind of like the sequencing um of this album like where you know a lot of bands kind of coming into the the era of streaming um you know a lot of bands kind of you know front load their albums with like you know, the singles and the shorter songs on the front half of the album, because, you know, most people these days, uh, well, not most people, many people these days, um, you know, the, the, the playlist mentality of like, oh, I don't like that skip. 
oh i like that thumbs yeah, up oh yeah. i don't like that they'll get they'll try it for 15 seconds and ditch it or like it you know and like uh even though maybe it's like hurting us to not like write shorter songs and front load you know our albums with singles and, and shorter tunes um you know i think that um yeah i think that really we're just trying to like be we're just like we want to do our own thing. You know, we, we want to do what, uh, what makes us happy and makes us feel, uh, you know, satisfied as artists, I guess. And like, we all still are very much like, uh, in love with the kind of, uh, the storytelling aspect of, of, of an album. Right. Um, you know, like sitting down and like putting on some headphones or whatever, and just like going to a place as opposed to just consuming content that word content you know as opposed to just consuming content going on a, a journey you know like like when you if you you know you watch all three lord of the rings in a row or try to right it's a long that's <laughs> yeah. a, it's a big big undertaking <laughs> yeah but sort Been of like that, that you know <laughs> it, it, yeah exactly so like you know as opposed to watching you know 10 episodes of the office, which like, I also like the office, but like, instead of watching 10 episodes of the office, you watch, you know, fellowship of the ring, right? Like, uh, you know, it might not have the instant gratification, you know, that you would get from like a shorter, more convenient bite size, you know, piece of, of media or whatever. But, um, you know, I don't think that I could release, you know, music knowing that I was releasing it for any other reason than like, I'm behind it. Right. Like I wouldn't want to release music. that was like, you know, checks off these boxes of like, well, it fits these algorithms and, you know, hopefully we land this playlist and yeah, like we'll see the numbers, you know, like I'm, you know, to my detriment, like I'm not really a numbers guy. Like I gotta, I gotta be behind something, you know, in here to put it out. And I know the other guys are like that as well. Um, so I think that as far as commentary on the current state of the music industry, um, I don't know if like the concepts on the album that are discussed are necessarily a commentary, but like, I think that this album is like somewhat of a, uh, our commentary on it in, in a roundabout way that like, we're just like not interested in participating in like these sort of like uh, the algorithm shortcut, you know, shortcut method, really. Um, we want to release music that like, people can kind of, like I said, go on a journey with and like integrate into like their experience and interpret it the way that they want to interpret it and like make it their own. Right. Um, which you could do with, you know, the other way, but like, we just, we feel like we can get our point across the best way possible when we do things, you know, in this sort of like longer, um, more sequenced than thought out kind of way. And, and I think that clearly resonates uh, with a lot of people. So, so at this point, since we've talked so much about the work, we'd like to play a song. Uh, which one should we play from the album and why? Probably Clean. That, that, was, uh, that was a song that we decided to go with um, kind of as like the first taste of, of music because we, um, you know, we feel like it's, it, it offers like a pretty, you know, stark contrast to what people have kind of grown to expect from us, I guess, based on the last record. It's a very different sounding song, but it also has, you know, um, it has a lot of the elements that people have come to like, you know, enjoy about our band, you know, the kind of like big cavernous atmospheric sound, 
Um, and then like the contrasting, like, you know, moody, clean vocals and like super, you know, insane uh, screaming vocals. Um, and just like, you know, those big dynamics, like that was big thing that we wanted to focus on on this record was having like really having dynamics, like having like the quieter sections be more, um, you know, subdued, like in volume, actually, like literally having the quieter parts quieter and the louder parts louder to create this like explosion and kind of like build up, you know, to these high points and then going back down and clean is uh, clean is like a perfect example of that. You know, it's a song that kind of like ebbs and flows and, you know, goes through many different kind of like, you know, uh, transitions and peaks and valleys, um, you know, throughout the song. And it's pretty, it, you know, it doesn't represent the entire record, of course, but, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a good, it's a good like intro into, you know, what you're getting yourself into, I guess.
So that was clean from the latest uh, Rivers of My Health. Brody, of course, we know that all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Um, so considering this is the work, what is the play? Or what was the play? Oof. Like during during the during making, making of, the work, yeah. Oof. Man, uh, I don't know. I, it's uh, I guess like it was uh, it was it making the record. I'm a dork, so like I mean, like doing this is like what makes me happy. Like honestly, like uh, during the re you know when I'm writing, like I'm always I find that I'm always in like you know better moods when I'm like getting work done, you know, creative work done. But I mean, like you know, there wasn't much to do during this this last year. So I mean, I spent you know most of my downtime you know going on walks with my girlfriend caroline um you know making food uh you know binging on horrible television shows i mean anything that i could do to uh kind of just shut my brain down from what i'm doing here and just kind of like go back into like okay like i'm not going to think about it i'm just going to like turn it off and just be here doing this or whatever so yeah just you know nothing too crazy i'm a pretty uh i don't go out that much i'm not a i'm not i'm not, not a super duper social person so um yeah just hanging out with my girlfriend and going on walks and making food really thanks for answering that i must Hi. say please be warned and please be wary of terrible puns about the work which will be headed your way because of the album title yeah <laughs> Yeah, so I, 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 I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> so I must ask, and I don't want to dwell on this too much, but th there was last year, right, where everyone went into lockdown and you had like certain Netflix shows that did tremendously well and went viral, right? Did you yeah. kind of, uh, what that were you referring to? Did you like give into like thrash reality TV and all uh, of that? Yeah, I mean, like, I think... Well, I mean, if you're talking about Tiger King, then, then <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, that's definitely like, that was one of the first things that I remember watching during lockdown, you know, because like, I think initially we thought it was going to last for like two weeks. And we were yeah. like, oh, yeah, whatever. It'll, let's just watch some something stupid, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, I, you know, we, we watched like, you know, all kinds of like, really like, you know, just horrible television you know like whether it's tiger king or you know really awful like dating shows or you know cooking shows where gordon ramsay is screaming at people or you know uh hoarders like just any like any stuff like that yeah it's like i don't know sometimes it's like sometimes you want to watch like a real like really good movie or a really good show and then other times you just want to watch like something that you don't even really have to think about it's just like yeah crap you know what i mean <laughs> so yeah. but yeah there was there was plenty of plenty of uh garbage that was uh consumed during uh during the lockdowns uh on television for sure okay Th thanks for that so coming yeah. back to the music i mean you know let's be honest here where owls know my name got rave reviews all across media right i mean it made to quite a few best of the year playlists and even charted on the billboard, right? Did yeah. all of that kind of play at the back of your mind while, you know, working on the work? Not, not necessarily like when, you know, 
none of that went into like the actual like writing of it. Um, I think it was just like, we were aware of the fact that more people were paying attention to our band than had been paying attention previously when we had released records. So we knew that whatever we did, we wanted it to be like big, you know, um, we wanted to, we wanted the visuals behind it to be, you know, um, really intense. Um, no matter, we didn't even know what the music was going to sound like, you know, before it was written, of course. So we just, we knew whatever we did, um, we wanted it to be very different from Al's. Um, cause as we had discussed, like, we're definitely, you know, we've done that sound already, you know, it's the best it was going to be was on that record. So we knew we wanted it to be different. Um, but we knew we wanted it to be big, no matter what it was like big, you know, as far as how it sounds and all that. Um, so I don't, I don't think that there was any pressure, you know, um, directly impacting like the writing. Like when I was writing, I wouldn't be like, Oh, that doesn't sound like it's better than, you know, owls. Like I, I have to get rid of it. You know, um, it was just more of like a, a general awareness that like, you know, we, we had these people, you know, kind of behind us that were like excited to see what happened next. And, uh, we wanted to, you know, give them the best version of the band that we could possibly give them, you know, under the, the current, you know, in our, in our current, uh, form, I guess. Um, you know, whereas before it was kind of like, oh, let's write a record and put it out and see who likes it. You know, now it was kind of like, we had, we had like a, a fan base really, you know, of people who were like excited to see what happened next. So we wanted to, uh, we wanted to shock them and surprise them and, you know, and, and give them the best version that we could of, of the band at the time. Awesome. So one of the things I wanted to come back to is, you know, digital platforms, right? I mean, uh, you talked to, we talked initially about the pandemic and the lockdown and all of that. One of the things that you took to last year was Twitch and you've yeah. been quite like uh, active on there. I noticed, do you think that, you know, streaming platforms like Twitch and others that have kind of spawned uh, last year, have a future now that you know we are seeing touring taking baby steps in different parts of the world i mean things have opened up in europe we're seeing gigs bloodstock happened uh, last week uh, in there yeah. what are your thoughts on that yeah yeah i mean i think it'll definitely it'll definitely continue you know um i think that um you know it's really i mean if you get down to it i mean it's really just like another medium for artists to market themselves through um you know i mean when instagram came along you know at first it was just you know you know people using it you know it, bands hadn't quite jumped on and then you know slowly they started trickling in and now instagram is like one of the main ways that bands promote themselves alongside of you know twitter and facebook and bandcamp so i think that the streaming thing is just another opportunity for for artists to promote their work and and to interact with their you know in, interact with people like on a more like direct kind of face-to-face -face sort of way you know um it's bringing i guess it's like bringing fans uh like even closer to like their favorite artists, you know, because like back in 2005, uh, you know, you could li like listen to a band and, you know, the only time you ever see the member of that band is if you go and you see them at a concert or you read a magazine about them. 
you know, and then with the, you know, in the uh, inception of social media, now people are able to write, you know, text, you know, to their, you know, to their, you know, favorite artists or whatever, and, and, you know, get responses from them. Right. And like now with streaming, it's like even more direct because it's like, they're right there, you know, on a, on a screen, you know, live. And you can just be like, what's, you know, what's your favorite, you know, what's your favorite pizza topping or whatever, you know? So it's like just another, it's another uh, piece of the ever expanding puzzle, I guess, you know? Having said that, what are your thoughts on Cameo? And would you do one? Uh, I, you know, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know if I personally would just because um, I think that that one, at least for the time being is like, and I don't know, maybe it's just cause like I'm me and like, I don't, I don't see myself as like, you know, a person who anybody would necessarily want to give money to, to say happy birthday to their friend or whatever. But like, I think that like cameo is like, um, I don't know, maybe not for me right now, but, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, yeah, if I can pay, you know, Robert De Niro, hundred dollars to tell my girlfriend, you know, happy birthday. Like that's awesome. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't, to be honest, to be completely honest with you, I don't know much about Cameo. Um, I just know that it's, uh, it's a, it's a platform that, you know, people can pay famous people to send, uh, videos to their friends with. So, um, I guess I would have to say, I probably need to learn more, but, um, you know, I never thought I would stream on Twitch. You know, I, mm-hmm. I kind of like turned my nose up at the idea of that many years ago. I thought it was like weird, you know, that like people could just watch you and like, you know, ask you stuff. But like now I'm doing it. So who knows? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd recommend uh, going on Cameo. You'll be surprised who you find there because right? it's like it's not just musicians, right? There's also sportsmen and yeah. Uh, you know, wrestlers and yeah, all of yeah. that. So it's yeah. quite interesting that way, the kind of people you find. And for, I what remember, it's worth, for what it's worth, it's the only platform at the moment that's allowing us to hear new Megadeth music. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, ooh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, the Megadeth, yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, I, uh, I actually remember seeing, you guys know the band Chan? Yep. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing, I think it was, it was one of their guitar players, I guess, uh, one of their guitar players, moms is like a huge Kenny G fan. And, uh, they got Kenny G on cameo to play, uh, to play the one guy's mom, have yourself a merry little Christmas on the saxophone and then call her out by name and wish her a a happy Christmas or or birthday that was on Christmas, something like that. But yeah, incredible. That's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Now for some exciting stuff which is that you're playing live next month after you know february 2020 if i'm correct and you're touring with you know black dahlia murder after the burial carnifex and undead uh what are you looking forward to the most from the shows i must ask you well probably i mean probably just like playing playing with the guys um you know uh that's uh that's something that I didn't really think would, um, would like affect me the way that it did. Um, cause it's, you know, it's one thing to sit in a room and, you know, create music on a computer. 
Um, but like not being able to go out there and interpret it, you know, in a live setting, um, it's, uh, it's weird, you know, and it's something that, um, I've been, you know, I've been playing music. I've been playing in bands since I was 14. And like, this is probably the longest, you know, wow. break from that, from, from playing with other people, um, that I've had in, you know, my whole journey with music. So it's, um, I think the thing I'm you know looking forward to most is, uh, is playing with the guys because, um, I think this new material, um, is kind of going to give us a chance to learn new stuff about each other as musicians, because it is so different from our previous stuff. It's a totally different feel on a lot of this, uh, on a lot of these new songs. So I, I'm looking forward to kind of just like, yeah, like, uh, seeing how how we interact with one another with this new stuff because it is so different and uh, i think it's gonna give it's gonna teach all of us you know new things about ourselves as musicians playing this stuff live because it, it kind of calls for a different set of uh musical muscles i guess you know because because of how um much of a departure it is from from the previous record right and one thing i'd recommend is tap into Trevor from the Black Dahlia Murders playlist because I have no yeah. idea how he kind of comes up or where he gets time to listen to all the kind of music he does, right? It's insane. He's, he, yeah, he is a true, he's a true fan of uh, of heavy metal. I mean, that guy is, he's just an encyclopedia of, uh, of information, you know, not just on, you know, not just on like death metal either. I mean, he knows yeah, yeah. everything about, you know, every like, Def, Def Leppard, you know, weird deep cut Def Leppard album and like, you know, the guy's a, a musical textbook. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's really great to see the playlist that he puts out. So <laughs> I'm wondering what he's going to put out uh, up post tour because that's one of the ways you find discover new music also, right? Yeah, he, he's been doing that for years. You know, he used to do it with Metal Injection, I think. Yeah, like yeah. Now he, yeah, so I, I think it's awesome that he does that because you know, when I was, you know, getting into to heavy metal, like I didn't have, you know, we didn't have stuff like that, you know, like just your favorite artists showing you their favorite music, you know, it was just a lot of like surfing, you know, forums and like downloading stuff on LimeWire or Napster or whatever, you know, and like waiting a week for one song to download that sounds like crap anyway, you know, so yeah, it's way different, you know? <laughs> very different. Yeah. All right, Brody, final question. Considering your experience as a journalist, uh, what's one question that you'd like to be asked, but just don't ever get asked? Um, I don't know. I guess uh, I would like to uh, be asked about why I like cats so much, I guess, okay. and tell, 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 tell people about uh, the complexities of uh being a cat guy in a in a uh world dominated by dog guys maybe i don't know <laughs> <laughs> okay so why do you why are you a cat guy or tell us more well, about you being a cat guy well i so i grew up in a household where uh my my parents uh would foster greyhounds and greyhounds are these enormous gigantic you know dogs um, they're great. Uh, but, but, you know, we had five or six of them at a time sometimes and it got a little insane. So that's part of the reason, but most of the reason is because, 
uh, I feel like with cats, you just, you just really got to work with them and you really got to, you got to earn their, you know, you got to earn their trust. Um, you got to learn their, uh, their kind of like intricacies of their personality. They're, they're, it's, cats are a lot like learning about other people, you know, um, and sometimes they're temperamental. So you got to back off. Um, but I, I don't know. I just like the, I like the, uh, I like the side of cats where you have to, uh, you just kind of have to put the work in no pun intended. Uh, but you have to put the work in with them. Whereas like, I find that a lot of the times with dogs, uh, and I love, you know, I love dogs too, but, um, I find that they, you could go to anyone's house and their dog will jump up on you and, you know, lick your face. Whereas like the cats might be kind of background, like, like who the hell is this? You know? Um, and I think that there's a certain level of satisfaction that you get as a cat owner when uh, your cat, you know, trusts you. Uh, but then when someone new comes along, they're, they're not so, they're not so sure. And that's how, that's how you know that you've, uh, you've made it in with them, you know, is when they, they'll, they trust you, but not the other person. So this is getting really deep psychology stuff, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, you just, I, I like, uh, I don't know. I did not expect to talk. See what I mean though? Like you said, uh, you said, what question have you not been asked? And I said that, but like now I don't really think I have a great answer for it. So I'm going to have to think <laughs> about it, but uh, yeah, maybe, maybe that, or uh, maybe like uh, why I like spaghetti so much. I don't know, but I don't have a good answer for that one either. But I'm just, now, I'm just, <laughs> hey, it's I'm okay. just thinking of you did well. stuff now. Yep. No, no, no. All right. You did well. <laughs> thanks for, thanks for entertaining us with that answer. And thank you overall for sparing some time out and, chatting with a couple of boys from bombay india this is my first uh interview that i've ever done for for uh for a, a publication from india so this is yeah. uh this is cool it's good to talk to you guys same here take care okay realistically peter do you think reverse of nihil's the work is going to be one of the standout re- uh, releases of this year it's a bit too early as yet to say because I've only kind of heard the album for the last month or so since we got an early copy of it. But I will tell you this. It's definitely going to be one of the most talked about albums, especially the whole, you know, clean part that they've introduced, uh, the whole ambient part. Everyone's going to be like, what the fuck are they doing? And uh, yeah, it's going to be definitely one of the most talked about albums Uh for this year, for sure. Mm, okay. Let's hold you to that statement. I mean, revisit that statement in a couple of weeks and see how well that has uh, matured as such. Are you guys looking forward to this release? Why don't you let us know? Chat us up at Honsupport.com or we are on Twitter at Honsupport. As always, I'm on Twitter at Asnoani. I'm at Trend Crusher. And this is Honsup. Honsup, guys. <laughs>